this literally could be a commercial for Coca-Cola. Hey guys, it's been a while. Sorry about that. I had some family visiting who actually were escaping Hurricane Irma. They're from Florida. They were here for a while. Family time. Excuses, excuses for me not recording episode two of Whipcast at an earlier date. So, ah, uh, I'm sorry about that, but I'm back. And episode two is underway. So I want to thank you guys uh, for listening to episode one. To be completely honest and open with you guys, I'm using podcasts.com to distribute this podcast, and it doesn't give you any stats on listeners, on survey, um, on reviews, on likes, or anything like that. So I honestly don't know if there's 10 people, uh, 10 of you listening to this, 20 of you, 100 of you, 20,000 of you. I have no idea right now because the version um, of dist- the distributor that I'm using does not give me those statistics so if you're listening to this thank you very much and i really appreciate it so i'm thinking about actually moving uh, my hosting that's the word i was looking for my hosting um they don't give me specs like that so if you're listening to this podcast thank you very much uh itunes actually gives you a little uh popularity bar tab or whatever you want to call it where you can kind of see a, a a rough estimate of how popular your podcast is so i think this is doing pretty well and I hope that you guys are enjoying it because uh, I think it's fun. I, I, I enjoy doing this. Um, like I said, it's, it's taken me a while to get used to just sitting here and, and talking without any visual references. But I think it's coming along, actually. I'm kind of learning how to do this. How could I be learning how to do this when I haven't even done it more than twice? I don't know. It has been 90 degrees here for the past four or five days now. And it's September 22nd. Today was 95 degrees in Valparaiso, Indiana. Isn't that crazy? It's very unseasonably warm. I actually, I'm not a big fan of it being scorching hot this late in the season. I mean, I love warmth. I'll take it any day over over winter, over a, a cold winter day for sure. But there's something just odd about having it so hot and having the sun at the angle that it is. But like I said, I'll take it, you know. What else is going on? Um, I got a new video coming up. Somebody recently ordered a matched pair of seven-foot bullwhips. So on the Nick's Whip Shop YouTube channel, I'm actually going to be doing a video on just some tips about making a matched pair of whips and some things that you can do. (coughs) Excuse me. Some things that you can do to get them identical or as close as possible because that's a key uh, a key feature that you want in a matched pair of whips. You almost I, I've seen whips by uh, Simon Martin, Adam Winrich, and some of these these whips are just indistinguishable from each other. A matched pair, you look at it and you're like, man, I honestly last time I picked up this 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 set of whips, I don't know if that was the one that was in my right hand or that one, and and it's just really really amazing to see some of these these whip makers who have a lot more experience than i do um and just the the uncanny ability for them to make identical whips it's really impressive so that's something that i'm i I haven't actually made a lot of matched pairs but the the you can probably count it on 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 two hands i can probably count how many matched pairs i've made i'd imagine it'd be around eight or nine Uh, but i have learned a lot for sure by my fifth matched pair um, I, I learned that it's very important to actually 
um, make them together, uh, make them at the, build them at the same time. I'm talking about prepare a core in one whip, and then take another whip and prepare a core in that whip. So we're taking two whips, basically, we're making two whips at the same time. And, and the idea is to have a reference point um, for the first whip. You don't want to get ahead in another whip, in the second whip. You don't want to get too far ahead because you always want to be able to look at that first whip and make precise measurements. Where did I stop the binding on the first whip? Okay, I, I stopped it there. And you do that. You you are you want to mirror that whip. So this video is going to just be um, just some tips. I, I wouldn't even really call it a. This is what you should do, and it's, it's not. It's just some. It's some ideas and tips that I've discovered. So all that aside, I've recently gotten into fly fishing, and you may say that that's very random, and it is. But fly fishing and whip throwing is very similar, believe it or not. Um, I've been recently trying to fish for king salmon and uh, steelhead trout for the very first time, and I, I used to fish when I was younger. And recently, I was tired of, of buying expensive fish at the grocery store. And I was like, man, I live right next to Lake Michigan. I bet you, you know, there, there's salmon coming out of there in the fall. And there are. There's plenty of salmon coming out of there. So I was like, I really want to get into it. So I did. I started with a, a spinner. Uh, I tried, you know, using shrimp. I tried lures, spoons. Um, I tried spawn sacks. Never worked. And then I was like, all these people next to me are catching these steelhead trout and king salmon with, uh, with, with fly rods and reels. So I'm like, one day I was sick of it. I had already put like 20 hours in um, of fishing for these, these, these big old fish. Um, and I was like, you know, screw it. I'm going to Bass Pro. So I did, and I bought a $100 uh, cheap <laughs> Dogwood Canyon fly reel and rod. Um, just to do it because I thought, you know, these guys are catching fish on a fly rod, so I'll do it. So I bought it. I pay overpaid for a bunch of flies that somebody else tied. Um, and I went back there and, and proceeded to fish more. And to date, to this date, I have not caught a salmon or steelhead trout. And I don't know what I'm doing wrong, guys. I've tried, I've tried everything. I've asked different fishermen who, who, have been catching fish around me every time I'm there, they catch them and I'm, I'm not catching them. And I'm like, guys, please, for the love of God, what are you using? And they'll tell me. And I'm like, okay. So I go get that. I try it. It doesn't work. And it's getting frustrating, but it's still fun. I probably accumulated this year 50 to 60 hours of fishing. And I just had my first bite like three days ago from a salmon or a steelhead. One of the two, I don't know. It was underneath in, in one of the deep pools. Um, but yeah, I, I've gotten into that and it's 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 been fun. It's It's been kind of my outlet, really. Um, whip making now is full-time for me. I am plating full-time uh, between that and making videos for the YouTube channel. It's full-time, so I mean, it's fun. It definitely is. I enjoy it, but I have to have that escape, you know, where I go and do this and think about nothing except for what I'm doing. And that's what fishing has become for me, kind of an outlet. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's become frustrating because I don't know about you guys, but when you put in 50 to 60 hours in something, you expect some results. Not big results, but maybe, I don't know, one fish. 
maybe all I'm asking for is one fish per 60 hours. Is that too much to ask? I don't know. Maybe it is. <laughs> Apparently it is. Being a whip cracker, I truly believe that that has helped me learn how to cast a fly rod. The, 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 the motion is the same. It's the same action. You're kind of flicking that wrist and it's just, it's a delicate motion and you can feel it. Maybe that's why I like it so much because I attribute it to, you know, throwing a whip. So that's cool. Also, I've, I've gotten into tie, uh, fly tying just like four or five days ago. I took a, I don't have the fancy vice that they use and all that different stuff, but I'll probably have to get it pretty soon. <laughs> but anyway, I, I have got the vice grip to hold the hook while I tie this, tie the fly. And it's fun. It really is relaxing. It's like the closest I can get to making a whip without making a whip. It's like, you know, you tie, it's very, it's like you're making a tiny little, you know, you got the thread and it's relaxing. It really is more, more, more relaxing than whip making to me, maybe because whip making is, is my career. So I don't know. But if you haven't tried tying a fly, it's a little bit expensive to get into it. Fly fishing, it's, it's not that cheap. Um, but give it a try. If you, if you like making whips and you find satisfaction in it, then tying flies might just be for you. I, I enjoy it. I've only been doing it for a few days now, but I know it's something that I think, I think I'm going to be into it for a while. So yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing with my uh, limited free time uh, that I've, that I've had lately. Also been doing a little bit of uh, water spout hunting on the Southern shores of Lake Michigan. If you guys haven't already uh, checked out my other uh, YouTube channel, uh, check it out. It's uh storm chaser. Nick is the, it's all one word. It's where I post videos of, of me uh, chasing uh, tornadoes, um, shooting lightning. It's kind of my photography page where I just make a mini documentary on something. So um, not always related to storms. It's heavily based on science and nature and forces of, of severe weather. So check that out too. That's about it that's going on with me, uh, family being over and uh, fishing in my free time, a little bit of video editing and water spout chasing. So, I'm Nick Schrader, and you are listening to Whipcast. Boy, that was a painfully long introduction. I just realized that. Oh, well. I used this for a school project. Thank you. Uh, this is by Game Wizard, who watched uh, my How to Make a Six-Foot Bullwhip tutorial. That's awesome, man. Um, I, I don't know what to say. I, that's great. That's, that's the whole reason that that video is there. So you can do something new and show it to other people. So awesome. I'm glad. Uh, let's see here. Alan uh, has um, commented on my new, uh, my latest tutorial on the bullwhip handle. Let's see. Nick, I'm learning a lot about whip making from you. I very much appreciate your videos. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, with the wooden handle, I have two suggestions. One, for a near perfect hole in the handle, start with an oversized piece of wood. Drill the hole, then use the hole to in the centers uh, 
on the lathe. Then turn the handle around the hole. Okay, to find the hole. That's, that's a very good idea. I'm going to do that next, Alan. Number two, tight bond is a great wood glue. However, for, wood, for a wood metal joint, you need epoxy. Use the 24-hour stuff. It sets up a little... Actually, let's see. There's a little more to read here. It sets up a, a little less brittle than the 5-minute epoxy. Also, if possible, drill a hole for a cross pin through both the wood and metal so that you have a mechanical fastener in case the glue fails. Um, that's Alan. That's a very good idea. I'm going to go with the epoxy. I thought about using a uh, Gorilla Glue to begin with, but I think epoxy... I have a little bit of experience with epoxy with like model airplanes and stuff. So that's a really good point. And also, um, this is key right here. Drill a hole for a cross pin through both wood and metal. That's such a good idea. And you can do that underneath the transition knot. That's a great idea, Alan. You're drilling a hole through the handle down into where the metal is. And then you thread a pin in there or a screw or something, and that is just like a force friction fit thing where it holds the, the steel rod from sliding out if the wood, uh, if the glue fails. And that's a great idea, Alan. And I'm going to do that uh, from here on out, actually, for my uh, wooden-handled bull whips. So thank you very much for your input. I really appreciate that. And for all the rest of you who just heard that, um, that's a very good idea. So thanks, Alan. Appreciate it. Okay, this is um, Kurt commented on my uh, same video, most recent tutorial on a wooden handle. Um, have you thought about starting with all thread rather than just a rod? Um, with that, you won't need to rough up the rod before gluing. You might also try adding a section of all thread uh, to the heel and add a decorative nut slash ferrule as a pummel. So... Kurt, another great point. I've, I actually considered doing that in the first place, but the problem is um, I, I like to actually make, you know, plate the whole whip first and have that additional handle sticking out and then cut that and, and dress it up like I did in the video. And then I like to thread it into the handle as the last step. So I'm actually a little bit uncertain as to, I mean, I can obviously take like a wrench and then thread that, um, the the threaded rod into the wooden handle but there's this the last little bit uh, that you have to thread that in how do you do that like do you grab the actual whip itself like the the thong of the whip and twist that because i feel like if you do you're just going to spin that plated portion of the whip uh, the thong and that's just going to spin around the thread and it's just going to end up weakening things so i'm not sure how to unless i um insert the threaded uh, and thread the rod into the handle to begin with and then plate over that, which that might be actually the, the way to get around this, I wouldn't know how to tighten that last bit. So that's the only reason that I didn't do that, Kurt. But that's a great idea using the, uh, the threaded rod, quarter-inch rod, instead of just straight-up quarter-inch rod. And uh, that's a good idea. So I will definitely consider that and try to think of an idea of how to screw that part into the wooden handle. Uh, without just spinning the the whip so um matt asks how much do you charge 
for a handmade whip and what kind of options do you give the buyer? Color, size, pattern, etc. Uh, Matt, if you go to nickswhipshop.com, I have all of my prices listed there. And I have options um, varying from whip length, handle length. You can choose up to three color combinations, um, patterns. I encourage um, my, my customers to actually get in touch with me. Uh, and I think I actually specify on the page, if you don't get in touch with me and just order a whip in whatever colors you chose, and at that point, the discretion is just kind of left up to me, and I'll just do whatever pattern I feel uh, fitting. But if you want a specific pattern, I encourage my customers, heck, man, go on Google Image Search and find a whip you really like, and I'll replicate it as best I can. Uh, I'm going to butcher your name. I'm so sorry. Yagis. Well, I have an advanced calculus exam for tomorrow, and here I am learning to make a bullwhip. <laughs> hey, there's math and everything, right? Am I right? So I hope uh, that was two days ago. Commented. I hope I hope you passed, my brother or sister. I sorry, I don't know. I'm very unfamiliar with that name. So whoever you are, I hope you did okay on that on that uh, on that exam there. So thanks for watching too. Bet you get like a extra credit if you make a whip and bring it into calculus class. Okay, maybe not. Uh, Lily commented, "If you are interested in lathe work, there is a YouTube uh, YouTuber called Peter Brown that does a lot of different woodworking projects. He is especially good at lathe work, so you might be interested in checking him out. I watch him all the time and love what he does. Great work on the whip, by the way." Looks amazing. Thank you so much, Lily. I really appreciate that. I'm at the point where I'm actually looking for you guys who uh, are very good at wood turning or know about people who are good at wood turning to uh, to point me in the direction of of you know diving deeper into this because I have little little to no experience with it. And uh, people like you, Lily, who are just saying, "Hey, check this guy out," or "Hey, do this, do that," I appreciate it. So thanks so much. I will definitely uh, check out uh, Peter Brown's work. Dave Mack says, uh, simply amazing work uh, workmanship on uh, the original tutorial, six foot. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Aubrey. It's very sweet of you. Sonali, it's so rare when you actually get excited as you are close to the end of a tutorial video. <laughs> Good job, sir. You have a new subscriber. Sonali, thank you very much. Uh, it sounds like you enjoyed the video and learned something new, and that's what it's all about. Keep on plating. Uh, Owen asks, can you provide a material list and lengths of each strand for a 10 and 12 foot total length whip? I just want to make sure I don't end up with an unbalanced whip that doesn't perform when I finish a longer whip. Thank you. Owen, oh, I'm um, still in the process of um, adding uh, strand lengths for different length, overall length whips to my website. And you can find those lengths on the strand lengths page of nixwhipshop.com. Don't remember if I have a 12 foot listed there yet, but uh, check up for it and it should be there soon. Hmm, 
Brittany asks, Nick, what weight BBs would you suggest for the core of a bullwhip? Brittany, I use 0.177 caliber BBs, uh, also known as uh, 4.5 millimeter. So, Brittany, I don't actually know what, how much each BB weighs, to be perfectly honest with you. I've never really done any research on that. I'm sure you could find it. Um, but yeah, 0.177 caliber, or AKA 4.5 millimeter BBs. They're like the typical size that you would use in a BB gun. And on almost all of my whips, Brittany, uh, I never go past a foot and a half of BBs in a core. That's just personal preference. Some people like a heavier whip. So if you do, there is no limit on how many BBs you can put in there. So I hope that helps you, Brittany. 0.177 caliber, also known as 4.5 millimeter BBs. Steel, steel BBs. Spetsdad1 asks, to make an 8-foot whip instead of a 6-foot whip, would you just add 4 feet to the belly and overlay lengths you show here? 4, um, parentheses, 4 feet because it folds in half, so adding two would only give you an extra foot of length. Yeah, you're, you are absolutely correct. I'm assuming the core would just be the right length for the handle plus the sinker cord to be around eight foot two or so. You are correct, absolutely correct. If you wanted to make an eight foot whip and you're using the strand lengths for the six foot whip, um, you would add four feet to each strand because fold in half, two, you want two more feet added to six to make it eight, so you are correcting. But you're going to want to do that to every single belly. Not just the first belly and the overlay, but you want to do that to the second belly as well. So every single strand of that whip, you're going to add four feet. Um, and he's also looking forward to starting my first whip as soon as I can find everything I need to get it going. So you're right. Absolutely correct. I hope you. I wish you good luck uh, in building that first whip. If you have any questions, please uh, feel free to ask. Um, Kai says, "I got uh, this. This is a uh, a comment on my micro pocket whip. I made a video in the garage a few years ago. It's kind of a silly video when I look back on it. It's like I don't know. It's kind of funny." Um, I got an, I got a bit annoyed when you were whipping the candles because you would get wax on the whip and it would harden and be really difficult to get off. Cool whip though. <laughs> Kai, you're right. That was kind of a, yeah, that was a sloppy video actually, to be honest. I don't know. It's kind of, I don't know what I was thinking when I made it, but I did. But yeah, you're right. When you're whipping candles or when you're putting out, when you're snuffing candles with a whip, uh, try not to splash the wax because it is really hard to get off. It, I bet it is annoying to watch that. and I haven't watched that video in a while. That was a weird video. Yeah, ugh. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, keep your whips clean from wax, guys. Don't, don't make a mess. Alan says, I will be making one. Good. I'm glad I inspired you to do that. <laughs> Ford guy. Uh, Ford guy AJ says, ooh, now I can really give my kids something to cry about. <laughs> uh, don't hurt your kids, Ford guy. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Um, Elias says, hello, Nick. First off, I love your work. 
and your videos. Thank you very much. Um, I just finished my first nylon whip. I don't get any stiffness in the transition. Although I tightly wrapped it with paracord guts. Here in Finland, artificial sinew is very hard to come by. Do you, uh, do you know, is there any alternative way to get similar results? Um, Elias, the parachute cord guts should work pretty well, actually. Um, and if you wrap them around like a pipe or something like that, um, that'll enable you to wrap it very tightly. If you wrap it around like a cardboard tube or something, I find that it, when you're wrapping tightly at the transition, it'll actually crush the tube and you can't get as much pressure or you can't, uh, you can't bind it as tightly as you can if you wrap that parachute cord gut uh, around something strong like a pipe or something so i might recommend doing that if you haven't already done it um if you're not getting a lot of stiffness concentrate on the way that you're wrapping uh, there's a couple ways to do it you can actually you know just spiral all the way down and then s spiral all the way up in the opposite direction to crisscross or you can crisscross from the beginning you can wrap it once at a 45 degree angle then wrap it around a 45 degree angle, which is the inverse, which is like a mirror image of how you, you, you crossed it. So 45 degrees to the right, 45 degrees to the left. And you can do it that way. So you're making an X go down, make another X go down, make it, and so on. And that might be a way that you can get that, art, uh, get that uh, parachute cord gut binding a little bit tighter. Also, a uh, kite string could work. Um, artificial sinew is it's better, but you don't have to have it. So I'd say experiment with the way that, <coughs> excuse me, experiment with the way that you're, you're binding that transition and see if you can't find an alternate wrapping method. And when in doubt, just add more. You know, um, it's, it's not as thin, it's not as flat as artificial sinew, but you can get away with quite a few wraps of this stuff. It's not that big of a diameter. So give that a shot, Elias and, uh, let me know how that works. Ah, another uh, comment by Evan on my uh, wooden handle tutorial. Check out Cap'n Eddie Castellan's channel for a variety of wood turning tips and such. I made a couple of wood uh, wooden handles, and I used the same technique. Nice vid. Thanks, Evan. Nick Hay says, Hi, Nick. My name is Nick, too, and I am 12, and I have made four whips, and you showed me how and i want to thank you because making whips is a big part of my life now nick that's what it's all about man and i'm so happy that you watched my videos and said to yourself by golly i'm gonna try it too and the fact that i i was able to inspire that in your life that that means the world to me and and I, i'm really happy that i could i could do that for you and keep on trying new things man keep on if you see something in a video uh craftsmanship you want to build this you want to build that do it do it you know take on as many as many uh trades as you can you know you variety man that's what it's all about so i'm so glad that i was able to uh to inspire you to to be a whip maker so keep on plating just gonna keep on getting better and better the more whips you make so keep it up. All right. 
Tim asks, hey, Nick, watching your videos has inspired me to try whip making, but I was wondering what size of artificial sinew do you buy and approximately how long it lasts? Good question, Tim. Um, I'm, to, to be honest with you, I'm only aware of one size of artificial sinew. And I'll tell you guys where I get it. I get it from eBay. As far as how long it lasts, uh, it's going to last a lifetime for sure. I mean, as the whip gets older, it's obviously going to, you know, become more flexible. RP guns, all one word, R-P-G-U-N-S on eBay. They got all these different colors, red, yellow, brown, black. That's where I get it. It's a great price. RP Guns has 23,414 transactions, top-rated seller on eBay. That's where I get it. And they I've probably bought about 10 spools already from them. And they're great. And it's it's the flat stuff. It's I've a few people have actually contacted me and said that they bought artificial sinew and it ended up being like round, which would be terrible for whip making because it'd be bulky. But this stuff that I get from RP Guns is flat. It's almost like a like a flat thread, and it just lays down so nicely. That's the beauty in it. It doesn't add bulk. It doesn't doesn't cause uh, cause the whip to be bulky when you're plating over it. It's just smooth, smooth, smooth. And after you you bind the belly, I give it a nice roll with a piece of wood, and it just lays it down nice and flat. It's the way to go. So. I'll, it's a, there's really only one size that I've ever been aware of. I guess I got lucky and didn't buy any of the really the round stuff that other people were talking about. But yeah, RP Guns. I Love Weapons um, has a question. Nick, I've got a question. I have spinal stenosis, and as a result, it is extremely difficult for me to get down on the ground on both um, on both knees on such a hard surface and roll a whip the way that you do. Can I roll a whip on a table? I would think so, but I wanted to ask before I just assumed. Thanks. Um, that's a great question, and I actually have a few other people um, who are unable to do that as well. And, you know, it's the, the advantage to getting down on the ground and rolling it is just to get your body weight on it. But I'm, I'm a kind of guy who kind of does a lot of overkill like for example when you've watched my videos of, of putting a knot foundation on I take all these nails and I'm sticking them in there you don't need all those nails but I'm, I'm a guy who over tightens things to the, to the point of breaking screws like when I'm working on things I'll be like tightening it tightening it like I've broken like a lug nut once on a car because I was just so paranoid about it coming off I just over tightened it so I'm the kind of guy who goes above and beyond in kind of a bad way at times and breaks things. I love weapons. Uh, to answer your question, no, you don't need to get down on the ground. You can achieve the same, if not nearly the same results from rolling it on a table. There is no problem with doing that. And you'll you'll get the near the same results. So no, you don't have to throw the thing on the floor and roll it. Uh, Justin Timmons asks, will you please make a tutorial for how to make a leather whip? I love the Whipcast. Awesome. I got a listener right here. Justin, you're probably listening to me right now. Thank you so much. Uh, Loki, hoping you read answer this there. I sure am. 
And that kind of answers my question of how many people are listening to this. I bet it's a good amount. Thank you, guys. Justin, um, I get a lot of people actually asking me to do that. And eventually, I probably will. But as for now, um, there's actually a few guys out there who, who have some pretty decent tutorials on how to make leather bullwhips. Um, Bernie Wojcicki, who unfortunately passed away, Bernie46 was his name on YouTube. His channel's still there. He was an awesome guy from Australia who was very generous and, and just put out all these videos. I learned so much from this guy. And he was a very gifted whip maker. Also, uh, Blake Bruning, a great friend of mine, has a YouTube channel. Uh, he has a company called Trinity Whips, and he makes some fantastic whips. Uh, he's helped me so much uh, in, in my, my whip-making career, uh, just showing me different different uh, techniques and what have you. And he's got some pretty great videos um, on how to make uh, a leather whip. So definitely check him out, Justin. The reason that I'm not making one is because... The guys that I just mentioned, they are quite uh, quite a ways ahead of me in, uh, in in leather whip making. I don't have a lot of experience making leather whips. I probably made 30, um, but I don't feel like I'm at the level uh, at, as they are to you know, put a tutorial out and say, this is how I do it. So if I do make one, it's going to be more like, hey, guys, you know, this is... This is me. This is my journey, um, my learning experience in making uh, leather bull whips. So as for now, Justin, check them out. I'm sure I'll make one eventually, but right now I feel like I got, I got some learning to do before I make a tutorial on how to make a leather whip. So that's so awesome that you mentioned Whipcast. Um, it's encouraging to know that you guys are listening to this and that you're listening to this, Justin. So thank you. Dean. Because you, st uh, this is a, uh, this is a comment on my wrist loop tutorial. Because you state over and over again that you just use tape to temporarily hold artificial sinew or whatever it may be in place, yet you never go back and remove the tape. How do you justify that as temporary? So what is a procedure to use uh, where you're not using any plastic tape or how were whips made 100 years ago when no tape existed. Maybe temporary wasn't the right word, I guess, Dean. Um, I think I used the word temporary because it was just holding something for me and then I could go over it, um, you know, with what was actually holding it in place. I would imagine that whips that were made 100 years ago consisted of probably real sinew for binding, uh, leather, of course, for the bolsters uh, and the bellies, and either wood or steel for the handle. That's my guess uh, as to what they used back then. I'm not actually entirely sure. Um, so if you're going to go for a whip that was traditionally made like that, then use only those materials. But if not, uh, we have a plethora of different uh, synthetic materials um, at our disposal today. So in return, Dean, I would ask the question, um, what does it matter? Well, why is it such a terrible thing um, if you are using some electrical tape to conveniently hold something in place um, so that you can take something like artificial sinew and bind it? Uh, what, why is it so important to then remove that little tiny piece of electrical tape uh, other than just 
for your own sake of you know saying and, and knowing that oh this this whip has only um, natural organic materials. I, I honestly don't really understand what the purpose of removing that that tape would be. Matt says if you're interested in a new core method, you may want to check out what I do. Synchrocord core attached to the handle and three strands of gutted cord at different lengths all around it and bound together. Keep in mind, I also count the transition from BBs to no BBs as a strand drop. So generally, from the handle it goes, strand one drop, BBs end, strand two ends, strand three ends, and then the empty sinker cord to finish it out, all in even increments. This results in a pretty good taper throughout the whip's core and is compounded with each additional belly. Matt, that's a really cool idea. I've heard of other whip makers um, using that method. Um, I haven't yet, but I will definitely uh, give it a shot when I have more time. Um, Dan asks, uh, this is my um, a comment on my current nylon bullwhip making tutorial. Uh, he asks, can I use regular paracord instead of sinker cord um, for the core? And why or why not? Thank you. Dan, you definitely can. There's there's no harm in doing that. I used to do it, actually. But it is very time-consuming to get the BBs into the 550 paracord. So if you're going to use paracord for your core, I would actually recommend you using 3 inch steel for your handle because that will fit nicely uh, into the uh, parachute cord with... Uh, with a bit of, you, you want to grind down the handle just a little bit and it'll slip into the, the parachute cord and then you can bind that on. And I recommend using 650 paracord instead of 550 because the diameter is a little bit bigger and those BBs will easily, uh, more easily slide into the cord. So why would you use it? Um, I would say it's, it's great if you want a little bit slimmer whip. If you're using quarter inch steel rod and, um, 3 eighths inch sinker cord which is what I use today you're gonna end up with a little bit bigger diameter whip in the long run so using 3 sixteenths inch steel rod with 550 paracord or in, in my opinion you should use 650 it's easier to get the BBs in you're gonna come out with a whip that's just a little bit more sleek uh, a little bit thinner so it's gonna be more time-consuming Dan but experiment with it there's no harm in experimenting with it and seeing if it's something that you like Craig says, please put all your supply uh, and measures on page or links so we can get the right stuff uh, in the new sinker cord. Thanks. Craig, I will go back. If I remember at the end of this podcast, I'm going to go back and, and put those materials needed. Uh, and that's on how to make a snake whip. So I'm going to try to do that for you. Amber says, about the six-foot bullwhip tutorial. I'm so doing this for my Catwoman cosplay. I have the whip. I just need the crack sound. <laughs> Thanks. No problem, Amber. <laughs> okay. Um, emergency snake whip surgery. Uh, Aguar says, I bet the pet that got a hold of that whip was a destructive chewing, doling, and slobbering, and digging machine we have all labeled as our best friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what our pets will do things like that but in the long run you look at them and you say 
I love you anyway. And uh, <laughs> that's kind of the way it is, isn't it? You know, pets pets are a, they're, they're a, they're a funny animal, pun intended. I've got a bunch of cats, and uh, they've done things before to, to make me uh, unhappy. And, you know, you, you look at them, and you think, you know what? Someday they're not going to be here anymore. And then you pick them up, and you give them a kiss on the head, and you pet them, and you say, eh, you know what? It's not the end of the world. Uh, also, another uh, comment from Aguar, Aguir. Forgive me, I, I'm having trouble pronouncing your name. I'm so sorry. I'm not good with names, so please forgive me. This is a comment uh, on my wooden-handled bullwhip tutorial. Um, hey, Nick, I've got this idea that I plan on testing out myself of using a plate, wrapping around headphones slash earbud cords since I've been looking around online in here uh, and found that in most... All of the videos, they have you cutting the cord itself to cover them with the gutted 550 cord before soldering the wires back together and covering them in a heat shrink. So I'm just wondering if that could be done. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think what uh, it sounds like you're, you're talking about reinforcing like headphone cable. Yeah, definitely. I've thought about doing that before. It's just going to make it stronger for sure. And it's going to make it look pretty cool, too. So, uh, Aguirre, uh, go for it, definitely. This is a comment on my making a bull whip with a wooden handle. Surprise, another comment on that video. Uh, Big House Daddy says, Hi, Nick. I'd like to see you use a stainless steel bolt next time. You can remove the end marks and polish the head to a shiny glow. I actually... Uh, I think I mentioned actually in the video, I think I audibly said, like, I don't really like the way this turned out, and I didn't. And uh, Big House Daddy, I'm I'm going to actually take your uh, advice there, and I'll, I'll use that stainless steel bolt next time for sure. And uh, I agree with you. I think it's going to make the whip look a lot better in the end. Uh, Jeff Easel, what in the world are you talking about, man? Troller. Uh, Brandon Matthews. Hey, awesome video. I've made a whip from this video and the snake whip from your other video and currently making another bull whip with a different pattern. I was wondering, is the pattern on the back where the camera does, doesn't does see supposed to be different uh, than the pattern on the top? Good question, Brandon. Um, when you're plating, yes, you're doing the herringbone if you have an even number of strands, say eight on the left, eight on the right, to make a 16-plat bullwhip, it will look different on the back than it will on the front. Slightly different. And that is completely normal, and that is the way it's supposed to be. Now, if you're seeing, if you, you played a little ways and you flip the whip over and you're seeing strands crossing each other and a lot of spaces and gaps, then that's something you might want to work on a little bit. And the way you can do that is every time you plate a whip, you're going to take the strand and you're going to you're going to pull that strand and kind of butt it up against the strand above it and that'll help you uh, eliminate uh, gaps so that's that is very it's completely normal and it's what it's supposed to be like though Brandon so no worries there not a problem Dean 
Uh, once again, I want to take the time to say thank you. I enjoyed your educational tutorials. They seem to address problems or questions, and I appreciate your ability and knowledge and the fact you share it with others. You are very welcome, Dean. I didn't mean to sound harsh earlier about the about the tape. I realized that I may have sounded harsh when I said, you know, what's the point? I'm used to just a lot of people, you know, coming up to me in, in comments and stuff and, and, you know, kind of calling me out and saying, like, hey, you're using electrical tape and a whip. You know, what's what, what's the matter with you? And I, I, I didn't mean to sound harsh there. I'm, I'm just – I fail to – to understand people's um, strong opinions on, oh, you have a sliver of tape in your whip. It's bad. It's a bad whip because it has a sliver. And I just don't understand that that, that theory. So I, I didn't mean to uh, to sound harsh, Dean. And um, I, I appreciate your, uh, your, your kind words there. And I will keep the videos coming. So thank you for watching. Fat man. <laughs> Good to see you again, my brother. Uh, I just want to know if you have any mini whips for sale or can you make me one? I actually don't have or uh, nor do I offer any mini whips right now. The closest thing you can get is a three-foot snake whip on nickswhipshop.com. Fat man, you can go ahead and, and head over there if you want and order one. Sometimes I'll make a little one and, and put it on my whips and stock page on nickswhipshop.com you can you can check that out and uh check it weekly because sometimes i'll have a little bit of extra time not very often these days but sometimes in between orders i'll just make whips and, and list them on the in stock page so check that out james gill 5150 asks where do you get your wax from and that is a great question i think i addressed that in the last podcast but i can't remember so i'll do it again um i get my wax uh, from walmart it is Golf wax, paraffin wax, um, used by Bill Denbrow to, um, to waterproof a little paper boat called the SS Georgie. Yeah, that wax. Paraffin golf wax. You can find it at Walmart in the Jello section. It's a very odd place to uh, keep paraffin wax. You would think it'd be in the canning section, but it's not. A Plange 15 commented on the original six foot bullwhip tutorial. Hands down, the most informative and useful video I have seen on YouTube. Thank you. I will let you know how my attempt to emulate your patience and proficiency comes out. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you to say that. And you will do just fine making a nylon bull whip. Just take your time. If you have any more questions, feel free to comment on this video. And I'll address it in the next podcast. Uh, Jonathan, hot wax is a great way to finish wood. I did not know that. Uh, I use it on my knife handles that I make in my forge. I use beeswax personally, but the other waxes work as well. Great videos, man. Jonathan, that's awesome, man. That's so convenient. Um, I didn't know that you could do that. I figured it would might you know, damage the wood or the finish or something, but from here on out, I'm going to take that whip and just plunge that whole thing in the wax. It's going to make my life much easier. So thanks so much. Appreciate it. Uh, my friend Justin Hall, J.J. Hall's Whips. Good to hear from you, brother. Um, let's see. That's a comment on my wooden handle pull whip tutorial. Great video, Nick. Excellent ideas. For sharpening the lathe tools, try a belt sander with a 120 grit belt. It will take patience, but will work. Thanks, Justin. I'm going to do that. My tools are so dull right now. 
I've actually been doing a little bit of practice lately, um, just on some other handles, and it is just tearing the wood to pieces, so I'm going to have to sharpen that ASAP. So thanks, Justin. I'm going to get on that soon. Uh, derpy Derp, I have seen this comment so many times. Instructions not clear. Got my stuck in a tree. Interesting. Um, man, that is rough, man. Bro, that is rough. You got to stop watching my tutorials if that's happening to you. Um, hmm. Curtis uh, commented on the wooden handle whip tutorial. A couple things about the wooden lathe. Wood lathe, excuse me. That spoon-shaped chisel is called a gouge. Uh, if you rotate the gouge axially, presenting it to the wood, you can take a shearing cut, which should give you a cleaner cut with less chattering. Of course, sharpening will help. The other tool you have is a skew. Use the skew to take the wood down 22 millimeters in your case. Then you can bring the rest of the wood down to match it. This will save you a lot of back and forth motion and let you concentrate on your contouring cuts. Hope this helps. Great videos as always. Uh, Curtis, thanks so much. And for like I said, for all of you guys listening to this who watched my video, take this information. These, these guys know what they're talking about. They've been doing it for much longer than I have, and I really appreciate their help uh, and their direction here and pointing me in the right direction. So, Curtis, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Um, I haven't checked out your channel yet since I've obviously just found your, your channel, but I'm going to check your, your channel out and see if you got some some videos on doing this stuff. So this is another comment on the bullwhip making um, tutorial with a wooden handle. Ron says, Rachel McCallow of Wolf Creek Whips makes them by hand with a rasp, file, and sandpaper. Excellent handles and whips. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it, Ron. Ninja202 commented on the same video and says, Two things I love put together. Awesome. Little Sava Lava uh, commented on my six-foot bullwhip tutorial and says, Thank you for all this and all of your tutorials. I watched this one uh, to start and followed up with your new ones, newer ones and finished a pretty decent whip. Thank you. I found a new creative hobby. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for watching my videos. There are plenty more tutorials to come. Keep on plating. John says, spoon-shaped chisel is a gouge, I think. Yep, you got it, John. You know more than I, than I do about wood turning, apparently. That's for sure. Thank you. I'm slowly learning the names of these tools. Kobe's Whips. Another whip maker. Uh, commented on the wooden handle bullwhip tutorial. I like this video. Thank you for this. I will try this. You're welcome, Kobe. Um, Joey says, uh, great video, man. I wonder uh, if you could drill a smaller hole in the handle uh, and heat the steel rod and burn it into the handle, similar to the way knife makers and sword makers who attach their handles to the tang of the blade uh, would allow for a firmer fit. Just a thought. Keep cracking, man. I haven't tried that, Joey, but I actually have never heard of this method. Wolford88 commented on the wooden handle bullwhip tutorial and said, Hey, Nick, great video as usual. Thank you so much. Um, the whip looks absolutely great. Why don't you just wax the paracord before you attach the handle? That's a great point. Why didn't I do that? And the reason I didn't is because after all of that was said and done, I still had to tie a transition knot 
on the whip. And, and I wanted that to be waxed as well. So I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to do it this way. And that way I'll just kind of grab that little scoop I was using and, and, and you know, scoop up some wax and then just bathe that over the knot um, and just get it done in, in one one motion, you know, just so I'm saving time. Um, Joey, a comment on the wooden handle bullwhip tutorial. Uh, hey, Nick, I just want to let you know that sanding on the lathe is completely okay. Also, your videos have inspired me, and over the course of a year, I have made eight whips. So that's awesome, Joey. Thanks so much for watching my videos, man. I helped you, and you just helped me. Um, I'm going to start sanding my handles on the lathe. I'll just make sure it's it's clamped in there nice and tight, and uh, I'll, I'll do that. So thanks for letting me know that that's safe. Um, Sydney commented on my wooden handle bullwhip tutorial. Hey, Nick, I have learned and made quite a few whips because of you, and for that, thank you. You're welcome, Sydney. I've been doing woodwork my whole life, and I have a few tips for you. Sanding on the lathe is fine. Although all lathe work cleanup is better with an apron on. Very true. I learned that the hard way, that's for sure. Um, I also learned through the years that you can get a perfect hole in the end of the handle every time by feeding the wood into the drill bit. I don't know why, but it's like magic. Simply strand the drill. Excuse me. Simply stand the drill. I'm too far away from my monitor. Man, let me zoom in on that. Oh, much better. Why didn't I do that an hour ago? Good grief. Simply stand the drill with the drill bit pointing to the ceiling, then line up the handle and push it down on the bit, leaving the drill in place on the tabletop the whole time. Oh yeah, it's cool to use the calipers while the lathe is running as well. Thanks so much, Sydney. Uh, I'm going to try that for sure. So you're you're talking about taking the drill and actually pushing the wood against the bit instead of holding the drill. I'm going to try that for sure because drilling a straight down hole is actually pretty challenging for me and I've messed up so many times. So thank you, Sydney. Um, wooden handle bullwhip tutorial comment from Damon Fire 691 This whip is incredible. Very kind of you. Thank you. As far as sanding while the wood is on the lathe, it, it isn't particularly dangerous. Just make sure you have some breathing protection because the dust goes right into your face. Thank you, Damon. Um, I'm going to do that. And I, I did notice that when I was sanding the whip. Um, even outside, just the dust. So I can imagine when I actually start uh, sanding it, when it's spinning, it's going to kick up a lot of dust. So... The lathe in the basement's not going to work. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but I'm in a basement. And it's just the dust gets everywhere. And I'm definitely going to have to take this uh, take this show up into the garage because it's going to make a mess if I don't. So uh, Damon Fire, excuse me, Demon Fire 691, I appreciate your input. Thank you. Sand with small half-inch wide strips of sandpaper while it's on the lathe. Coarse to fine sandpaper starting around 180 and ending anywhere as far as 600. Justin, thanks so much. I'm going to do that. And I cannot pronounce that name. I'm so sorry. But the question is, did you use electrical tape? Uh, and to answer your question, yes, I did. I did use electrical tape. And I'll tell you exactly where I used it. This is brand new. I haven't told anybody about this yet uh, as far as the, the YouTube channel goes. 
Whenever I make a core, I'm wrapping that core, that is 3 eighths inch sinker cord filled with BBs, I'm wrapping that once in a spiral pattern with electrical tape. So electrical tape has been reintroduced into the picture. So yes, I absolutely did use electrical tape on that whip. That's the only spot that I use electrical tape on is the core now. So yes, I sure did. I sure did. Uh, Rolando uh, commented on the same tutorial and said, man, excellent job as always. How about you make more longer like hybrid stock whips, high performance whips by the whip chick? Rolando, I think you're referring to uh, performance hybrid whips, uh, which is a term uh, coined by Midwest Whips. And it's a PVC pipe. Uh, it's, it's essentially a cow whip that has a PVC pipe handle. I've made a few of them in the past. I really like them. They're great for double-handed whip cracking. I'm sure I'll, I'll get back into it eventually and, and make a few more. Uh, Quinton says, uh, it's beautiful. I love this whip. Thank you so much. That's on my six-foot bull whip tutorial. This is a comment on my loud whip cracking video. This is an old video of me in my backyard cracking a whip. Uh, I think it was a six-foot whip made out of oil-tanned cowhide. Yeah, this is old, guys. This is back in the day. Cause asks, what's up with the little leg lifts? If you, if you watch the video, every time I'd crack the whip, I'd kind of lift my leg a little bit. Cause I have no idea why I did that. It was just a weird little thing that I did in the video, and I honestly have no idea why I did it. I'm just a weird guy, I guess. Jose asks, um, he commented on my current nylon bullwhip making video. Is it possible to make a whip without using any metal weights in the core like BBs? Sure. It definitely is. Some people like a really light whip, and if you like a really light whip, skip the BBs altogether. There's nothing wrong with doing that. It's personal preference. There is no correct way to make a bullwhip. It's, it's just simply not a thing. As long as people are going to have different opinions and different likes, uh, different feels that they like in a bullwhip, there is no exact correct way to make a whip. So if you don't like that weight, don't use the BBs. It's as simple as that. So Jose, it's definitely possible and I encourage it. If you've never made a whip with no BBs, do it. Because you know what? You might make one and say, I like this better. I like a lighter whip. And that's you. That's fine. Whip making, woodworking, um, art in and of itself is all about doing things and kind of, you know, feeling what you like in a piece of art, in a work of art, in a in, in craftsmanship of any kind. It's all about doing what you feel is good. And and when you make something that you feel is right, there's going to be a handful of people that are behind you and say, you know what? I like this. Keep doing it. So absolutely, Jose, do it. You can even use dowel rod for the, for the handle if you want it to be extra light. But if you want a whip that's really light, Jose, which it sounds like that's what you're going for, I would recommend using fiberglass rod. Um, if you live in an area that, that gets snow in the winter, I don't know if you do or not. Those of us who do live where it snows, we like to take these fiberglass reflectors and stick them at the end of our driveway. That way when the plow comes, they don't scrape our yard up and just tear the, tear the crap out of our yard. And you can get those at most hardware stores around here. Just type in fiberglass reflector rod. It's about 
it's, it's like a quarter of an inch and it's actually like the same diameter as, as the metal that, that, um, I use quite frequently in my, my tutorials for the handle. So yeah, use that as your handle and go no BBs and you can come out with a really nice light whip, which it sounds like that's what you're going for, Jose. So go for that. There's a comment on the six foot bullwhip tutorial by Panda Cookies. I know how to make the first type of, of fall with no needle. Cool. Mihail uh, commented on my six foot bullwhip tutorial and said, you should be an actor, seriously. That's very kind of you. I, I used to make videos all the time with my brother and friends when, when I was in high school especially. We'd make videos. Most of them were comedies. We put them on YouTube. Um, if you look around, <laughs> if you look hard enough, you can find the videos. I'm not going to tell you where you can find them, but they're on YouTube. So if you're creative enough with your uh, with your uh, your searches, you will find videos of myself and my brother and friends. So yeah, I've always wanted to actually uh, be an actor and maybe an independent film or you know even the uh, the big the, the full deal on Hollywood. I actually have always wanted to try acting. I feel like I might be good at it. I don't know if I am. I might suck at it, but I've always wanted to give it a shot. So that's really encouraging to hear that. Thank you. Maybe you see something in me that uh that I'm wanting to have so badly and I don't know if I do or or don't have that skill. So if I ever get a chance though, I will definitely be in a film. Patton commented uh, three weeks ago on my micro pocket snake whip video, that weird one where, where I'm in the garage and I'm making a mess with wax. <laughs> and, and Patton says you should sell them. Apparently there is a demand for these micro snake whips. And I actually have two kangaroo hides sitting in the shop uh, across the room right now. So I actually might might just do that because it sounds like there's a demand for them. This is a comment on my avoiding creases and kinks tutorial. And Brandon says, um, ah, that is why not to use electrical tape. Good point, Brandon. I mean, electrical tape is, is a material where it's it's easy to use it in such a way that you are very susceptible to, to things like this happening, uh, creases and kinks. I recommend the hockey tape. But keep in mind, I'm not using tape anymore to strengthen a transition. I use it merely as a netting for the artificial sinew or whatever material I'm using to actually add strength to the transition. So Yannick says, love that sound on one of my uh, miscellaneous whips for sale videos. So whip cracking, the crack of a whip is a great sound, Yannick. I love it. Avoiding creases and kinks tutorial. Unhappy customer says, nice. Wish I would have known before I started watching an old video and wasted all that time. So I assume that unhappy customer um, watched my six-foot bullwhip tutorial on how to make a whip. And he saw that you I used electrical tape. And then he saw this video and... I'm sorry, unhappy customer. Um, you know, times change. So, I still think that it ta using tape is a great way to make something that works. 
it's a quick way to do it. So I'm sorry for that, but I encourage you to make another one. Man, it's getting late. It's almost two in the morning, guys. Laura commented on my current nylon bullwhip making tutorial and said, people might have already mentioned this, but you can use slingshot ammo or ball bearings or find the heaviest weighted piece of chain you can. That's basically little balls connected together, which is lamp chain, like the kind of chain you would pull uh, to turn on a light. Uh, and you can use multiple strands of those as your core. I've done that before, Laura, and it works great. Late finds, another uh, flattering comment. Thank you. Uh, Jonathan is commenting on the creases and kinks video. I'm having trouble with the overlay of a snake whip I'm working on. When I drop to the four plat to finish the whip, it starts to get gaps in it. I try to keep it neat. When I test it, the gaps become huge and the ends come off. Please, somebody help. I don't want to just assume things here, but maybe you're not pulling quite tight enough because if you're plating the whip and then you're cracking it and then gaps are forming, it sounds like you're not pulling the strands quite tight enough. I could be completely wrong here, but that is probably what's going on here because if you're pulling the strands tight, they should be locked into place pretty well. So I... I'd recommend just trying to pull those strands a little bit tighter, and that hopefully will eliminate the problem. <laughs> it's clever. Ravi. Uh, Obi-Wan says, The lightsaber is very unique and elegant. What Cuts him off. Me. I want a bullwhip, old man. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Randall says, Cool whip. Thank you very much, Randall. Okay, our next comment is from J-Girl. Doesn't that sound familiar? Oh, if it does, it is. That was the first comment we addressed on episode one of Whipcast. You know what that means? We are done. And by golly, I'm tired. I got to go to bed. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode two of Whipcast. I'll see you next week. Bye.